Welcome to the We Are Here podcast, a podcast all about entrepreneurship on the South Coast, collecting stories and lessons from entrepreneurs and community leaders to learn firsthand how they've built their business or organization so we can build our own. The South Coast is a small place, and we're letting the business world know that we are here. Show your support by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the We Are Here podcast, and join the newsletter for all of our latest announcements and upcoming episodes at southcoast.fm slash subscribe. That's southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is a recording from a live stream that I did in the South Coast Content Creators Group. So you heard this in the last episode I talked about the South Coast Creators Group, uh, Content Creators Group. And if you're on the email list, you can get the email list at sundaynotes.email. It's an email that I send every Sunday about business opportunity, things like that. The South Coast Content Creators Group is completely free. It's a great place to do some light duty networking and learn some content marketing. And we do some live streams or we will be doing some live streams a lot more often throughout the year 2020. So today's episode is a recording of that with Sarah Athenis from Groundwork, uh, co-working space just outside of downtown New Bedford. And um, we talked all about what is content marketing, what the value that we get out of content marketing is we talked a lot about blogging creating newsletters marketing automation if that's something that you're into or want to be into you know marketing automation where a customer comes to your website they sign up or a customer comes to your business they sign up to the email list and then you automate the emails that go out to them to keep in touch to keep them from a cold lead to a warm lead or at least keep them engaged with your brand so we dive into all of that stuff. And I can't stress enough. Like if you're out there and you're like, how do I get my business found on the web? How do I do things better with content and blogging and social media? Join the South Coast Content Creators Group on Facebook. Type in that phrase, South Coast Content Creators, into the search bar of Facebook. You'll find the group. Apply to be in the group. And I will invite you in so long as you are on the South Coast and so long as you do want to learn and help other people. If you're just trying to join another group to throw in your product or service and just promote yourself, no thank you. If you want to engage with people, learn with people, be accountable with people like you, you join the group. All right, let's dive into the live stream about 10 minutes into it, all the introductories and niceties out of the way. Hope you enjoy this episode. What Sarah and I want to talk about today is content marketing and just sort of an informal discussion about sort of the values that we see or the value that we see out of uh, coming out of content marketing uh, as marketers ourselves um, who are uh, blogging, tweeting, Instagramming, podcasting, YouTubing, newslettering. Is that a thing? <laughs> Your newslettering. It is now. Uh, <laughs> we're doing all of these things. And what I found in the South Coast Content Creators Group is there's a lot of folks that are very active in the group. Um, and if this is the first time you've heard about the group, you should definitely join it. It's it's free. And uh, it's a great way to do a little light, light duty networking, but also to get feedback on your web marketing for your business. But I found that there's, you know, there's a core set of people who are very engaged that really kind of know what they're doing. They're blogging, they're doing all these things. And there's like 
you know, 60 other people <laughs> in the group that are kind of like, I don't even know what to say because I really don't know what content marketing is, right? And um, that's sort of the impetus of today's discussion. So uh, I'll start with what I have done in content marketing, and then I'll hand it over to you, Sarah, to sort of just talk about your uh, legacy in content marketing. So I started blogging, I, th I, I want to say back in 2007, 2006, maybe. I'd have to actually check my blog to check the archives. Um, but that was just a way of just like pumping out content and putting it out there uh, just about me, right? Just at the time, it was just like, hey, I'm this entrepreneur type person and I just want to blog because I saw other marketers doing it. And then what happened was that sort of had that compounding effect of, well, people started to find me through search engines and I started to rank for certain keywords. Um, and then there was a natural evolution to to go into, well, what's what's next after blogging, you know, and then podcasting became a thing. And then, you know, seven years ago, starting, you know, a podcast all about WordPress and now doing this podcast um, to YouTube and then like Instagram, it was like this compounding effect and kind of funny to see like people who are even doing content marketing well before I started blogging, you know, and now it's sort of like this hot phrase, especially over the last year, uh, content marketing was like, well, you got to do it. Well, there's so much to do. Like, which one do you focus on? Uh, and for me, it's just been, you know, blogging, podcasting, and, and, and YouTubing. YouTubing has been the thing that I've really focused on, you know, over the last, I'd say, five, uh, four to five years. Um, what about you, Sarah? When did you start into this whole game of content marketing? Yeah, um, I started blogging around a similar time. I think it was like 2006 and um, not at all with an idea of it being marketing. I was actually in South America and um, I was like, I could use this cool thing called Blogspot to like update my friends and family about what's going on on this you know, adventure that I'm having. So I started writing about my experiences as an English teacher, not thinking really that it was like content. Um, and I actually ended up through that, getting recruited in marketing language and travel company. So the company was reading my blog. He saw it as, wow, this is great content. Um, so that's sort of how I got hooked into it. It's for me, the content came before the marketing. And I think it's sort of, in some ways, a blessing. In other ways, I, I have to fight a fight against it a little bit and remind myself now that, okay, I'm actually, there's a purpose to what I'm writing. I'm, I'm targeting a specific audience. I'm trying to get a message across. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got started in it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I find is as much as technology has changed and how many options, like features that we have, you know, apps to, you know, automation, which we'll talk about in a little while. Like, I, I feel like, Blogging is the thing that you, know, you you feel like the when I when I went to school I walked through the snowstorm <laughs> and it's just right. like you know no it's still a viable thing like people <laughs> people are forgetting like how powerful um, you know blogs are and and the problem with marketers are you know and I guilty you know guilty as charged is like we always try to find the next thing because we're we're trying to stay ahead of either the competition or you know, the visitor's awareness, that kind of thing. But blogging is so powerful. 
And um, getting words on paper has so much value uh, for search and for education. And I think that that's a lot to do with sales these days and marketing is education. What about you when you know people are coming to look at the space to maybe become a member? Do you have like a cachet of blog posts that you share with folks to say, Hey, here, this is what it's like to, to, to be in a co-working space. This is our member spotlight. Like, do you use your content as a sales, uh, pre-sales warm-up? We do. Um, not as well as we could be, um, which is, I think we're going to talk about automation later. So that's kind of yeah. the big project on my to-do list right now. But yeah, we do. Um, we have, you know, a couple automated follow-up emails now that send people to our member spotlights or to a couple of our, one of our blog categories is called co-working FAQ. And basically I'm just taking the common objective objections and questions that I hear from people coming in for tours and writing a blog post about it. Um, so if he has like a specific question, then we'll shoot him a follow up with a link to that FAQ. You know, here's the um, thing, like people, you know, people sit back when I, when I'm mentoring uh, startups, uh, especially through E4All, they typically bring me in to talk about web. And I'm sure you hear this all the time as somebody who dabbled in the web design space as a consultant. People are like, I want a website that's going to make me be the first result on the page. You know, okay. I want a website that's going to land me customers, which is just laughable these days. And I, you know, it's not, it's not to the fault of the person making the request. They just don't know it. Right. Okay. They think it's like, it's like taking out an ad in a newspaper and you just think like, oh, well, I will get, 3% of customers from this ad or whatever. Like this, this feeling like you just do it and they will come. And that is not the case anymore. <laughs> and it was only the case yes. for a short amount of time, by the way. It was right. only a very short amount of time that that actually worked. Yeah. Um, the legwork to actually make a website work, in my opinion, uh, is the content that you're putting out. First and foremost, through the blog, because that's what's going to rank, rank the website. And for me, if, a, if an entrepreneur can't formulate their story or write about the value of their brand, then they're screwed from the get-go. <laughs> you know, yeah. the infamous about page. Hey, Mr. or Mrs. Client, can you give me your about page summary? I don't even know what to write. Why did you get in business? <laughs> you know, why are you yeah. doing this? Like expressing that story is so important these days. Um, mm -hmm. How does that, what does that look like from your angle? Like when you're seeing new businesses si sign up at Groundwork, um, are people still coming to you saying, you know, boy, one of my major challenges is finding new business. Is that something that you hear with your boots on the ground with everyone you work with? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody struggles with that and everybody wants more business um you know and i think people are starting to understand now that they need to blog um i think but maybe that's just in my little co-working bubble <laughs> that i see that you know and there's this feeling of overwhelm and like i don't have time and it just seems so overwhelming and um it's i don't know it's i i would say like i i tell people all the time like don't underestimate the value of a, a simple blog post in driving traffic to your website. I mean, I wrote a post like five years ago. It was one of the first posts I wrote when we started Groundworks website. And to this day, it's giving me, it's bringing me like 30 or 40 
hits, you know, that I don't have to pay for a month. So it's like, and that probably took me an hour and a half when I did it, you know, so it's, it's super powerful. Um, and you don't need that many posts to, to get some results. So the long term, uh, or as I guess the official term is, uh, the evergreen effect of content, um, mm -hmm. is, is one that a lot of people don't, they, they have a strong distaste for, right? It's like, Hey, I want to lose weight. Well, you got to stop eating pizza. No, <laughs> I, I don't want to stop eating pizza. Well, then you're not going to lose weight. I don't know what to tell you. Um, the same thing with evergreen content is people don't want to hear, especially new businesses, you know, Hey, spend a couple hours building out this blog post or a collection of blog posts. And Oh, by the way, you know, you're not going to see an effect of this for another, another six months. That's oh. like, people don't get it, right? It, it, it's hard to understand. But if you, just like the losing weight uh, cliche example is, if you stopped eating pizza every day, in six months, you would see effects just from stopping the pizza. You know, mm -hmm. same thing with the content. If you started writing content now, or creating content now, you'd see that effect, that compounding effect, six months to a year from now. And then the ball just keeps rolling from there. Right. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be blogging all the time. What other pieces of content are you creating to keep things moving? Um, so for us, our, our mix in terms of social, um, Twitter. So Twitter is one that I think number one, I found you on. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Twitter. Um, I've been using it a lot. And uh, the actual, in fact, I actually just saw the 11 year anniversary graphic uh, that popped up, which is kind of, which is kind of crazy, which is kind of crazy. Have you found success locally with Twitter? It's just a curious curiosity question there. Did, do you have a um, success with that locally? Yeah. I mean, Twitter is a weird one and it's definitely, it really depends on what your business is. Um, for some businesses, Twitter works really well for others. I would say, don't bother. Um, for co-working, it tends to work well because in the co-working world, we have a lot of people who are in tech and marketing and are sort of promoting themselves and actively following influencers. And so there's, we have, there are people that I can talk to on, on, on Twitter that makes sense for me. Um, but I think you have to be very specific in your Twitter strategy, um, just like throwing Posts, throwing tweets out into the ether is probably not going to like generate a lot of leads. But um, in New Bedford, when we were getting established, I spent a lot of time like following journalists, following influencers, looking at who is tweeting under the New Bedford hashtag and, you know, sending DMs to people, retweeting and kind of getting engaged that way. And that was pretty effective. So it's, it's definitely it's its own specific little beast, I think. I like that. I like that you said that you actually went out and, you know, did the legwork again, going back to what we were talking about earlier. A lot of people think that you just, you just put the stuff out there and then people will show up. Um, I think that's still even, even when you spend the two hours of creating that blog post, you still have to do the, the, the biggest amount of work, which is promotion. <laughs> you know, I, I think there's an age old rule that says, you know, you spend 10% of your time on the content and 90% of that time promoting it or 80, 20, whatever percentage you want to go with. Mm -hmm. um, very important. I mean, ha have you had any lessons in that and just promoting, like, say, blog content 
uh, where you're act actively promoting it to get it in front of the right people? Um, yeah, I mean, I think definitely, you know, sharing it, I'll, I'll share blog content in like specific Facebook groups or like, you know, tagging specific people in Twitter that I think will be interested um, or tagging people on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is weird for businesses, but I find that anything I post under my personal profile gets a ton of engagement. Um, people are super engaged on LinkedIn. Um, I think it's but, all a lie. <laughs> I think I think they're scamming us. I don't. I don't, I don't think the engagements yeah, are really yeah. as high as they. As the, I, as they I, I see. Be. I mean, I'm looking at my analytics and I'm seeing a lot of people coming in from LinkedIn. So I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, but, it's an unwieldy yeah. beast for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say the biggest thing with um, promoting is that you have to promote multiple times on every network you know it's not just like you put it out there once and it's done so it's like multiple times with different headlines different photos and you'll like there's a little bit of trial and error in terms of like the timing and the way you're packaging it um but one will kind of one or two will kind of stick if, if you go after it that way um, yeah and, and i think there there has to be a tasteful you know attempt at this because I mean, you and I both are sort of in the internet marketing world. You know, we know what it's like to get that random spam email from some faceless brand somewhere in the world being like, hey, I want to promote on your blog. Will you accept this article? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, maybe the small market local businesses on the South Coast, they don't experience that to the volume that we do. Um, but a lesson that I have, again, on SouthCoast.fm, I wrote a a piece where I featured groundwork and other co-working spaces on the South coast. And it was just a simple, like, Hey, I'm writing this piece about uh, co-working spaces and remote work. And here's some ideas about remote work as somebody who does it a lot. And I think I highlighted eight or so different places. And then I just sent it. I, I direct message you. I said, Hey, I wrote this piece. Just wanted to let you know. Um, and you know, and then you ended up sharing it on on Facebook, but there were a couple of co-working spaces I had. I don't even know, right? I, I, through my research, just found them, but mostly in Providence and in, in the Newport area, uh, so semi close to us. And I sent it to them, and they're like, "Hey, this is awesome!" And they put it in their newsletter, and that gained a lot of traction for me. And it was my way of just, okay, I spent you know a couple hours writing this piece. Um, not only did I publish it and promote it through my general social media channels. I then took this piece of content and said, please read it. <laughs> you know, hey, I highlighted you. I spent some time doing this. You know, would you mind reciprocating this and, and sharing it with your, you know, fan base? And it's a slow road for sure. Um, but it piles on, you know, over time, you know, people start to, you start to get these wins. So, yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest points that I would drive home is how being as gentle generous as you can possibly be and promoting other people as generously as you can is probably one of the best strategies, you know, um, because that sort of turns around and they share your content and you start to actually create like real authentic community instead of, right. you know, the forest community. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, and, and I missed a huge opportunity because what I wanted to highlight was an article that I posted in the South Coast Content Creators Group. And I'm just going to take an excerpt of this uh, this blog post that I mentioned, a quote. So it's a it's a blog post. Uh, well, actually, it was it started as it originated as a tweet, uh, a tweet storm uh, from a gentleman who runs a software startup 
bunch of collections, uh, collections of ideas about, you know, marketing and, and running a startup. But here's the quote. If the product sucks, no amount of world-class marketing can redeem it. Marketing can help make a good product great. It will never make a bad product good. So that's the quote. And I totally agree because sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking that this busy work of social media posting, blogging, you know, doing this stuff, we're just like, hey, okay, product, business, now I have to go and market it. If you haven't refined the product yet or you don't fully understand your product or your customer, all this marketing stuff is pointless, <laughs> right? Because you're creating content that probably isn't hitting the mark for your specific audience. Um, it's probably not resonating and you're just doing it to do it, which I think quickly or eventually leads to burnout, right? You don't see success from it. You know, this isn't really what I want to do. Like, I don't want to be blogging anymore, but you're not, you're not doing it with a strategic uh, mind. I mean, have you seen anybody, maybe not, but have you seen anybody that you've consulted with in the past that were sort of forcing the marketing wheel, but the product still needed a lot of help? Uh, that you you don't have to name them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think if I can just at least imagine a specific example. But yeah, I mean, I think that I think that is a common thing. And I think you can kind of tell. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like it's fairly obvious when I see posts on social media, whether or not there's some um, substance behind it or not. I mean, I think it comes through fairly obviously. And there's sort of like, you know, it's it's not easy, but there has to be this alignment between the content and the marketing and the sales and the product. And it all kind of has to come together in this way that's really authentic, that speaks to your tribe. And um, it's not easy to pull that off, I think. It requires patience and like a lot of listening and sort of really paying attention to, to what your people want and refining as you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. If there's if one of the pieces of that puzzle is not working, then you're going to have a hard time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've got up on screen. I know if you're just listening to this in the podcast afterwards, you uh, you can't see this, but I'm pulling up on the screen this article. Again, I have this article linked up in the South Coast Content Creators Group. So if that's something um, of interest and you want to stay uh, top of mind with some of this stuff, don't forget to join the group. Uh, but there's so much value in this post. Um, I'm just trying to find one. I mean, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to find one that's not sort of software related, but something more uh, different channels allow you to learn at different velocities. For example, you can quickly test messaging effective effectiveness in online ads and deploy the learnings to slower channels like radio or email. This is huge, right? This one right here is huge, especially in the small market, because again, so many small market businesses, I'm, I'm still seeing um, the traditional advertising channels, radio, news, print, which is not wrong. You just want to do it more smartly, right? And and that's a perfect example here is like slower channels, like these traditional sponsorship spots. You could test the effectiveness of this if you spent more time, you know, testing out your blog content. Let's say, like you mentioned, um, you can spend it more uh, smartly on Facebook ads and and try to find the messaging that works. I would even say, I would even argue to say that Facebook ads are becoming the traditional old school way of 
of marketing. Right? Um, I don't know if you spend any time promoting your business through Facebook ads, but it's become one of those channels now where it's just like, oh, like, <laughs> you know, now it's it's not a penny a click anymore. It's like five dollars a click. Right. And, it, yeah. and it's, now it's just becoming this behemoth. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I think um, I've definitely seen in my Facebook advertising, like the effectiveness seems to be steadily going down and the cost steadily increasing. So it's not as big of a, I don't consider it like as big of a ammunition as I used to maybe like a year ago. Um, but it is still helpful for specific things. Um, and I find it, for example, to be really helpful for promoting events and getting new people that aren't on my mailing list and aren't following me to show up at like a lunch and learn. Um, but for just promoting the business and trying to sell co-working, it, it's becoming a lot less effective. Halfway through the show here, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, southcoast.fm slash subscribe. If you go to southcoast.fm slash subscribe, all the links are available to, uh, to, to, to sign on your favorite uh, podcasting platform. Uh, iTunes, Google, Spotify. You know, speaking of Spotify, oh, oh, and of course the email. Let me let me finish my own self promotions here before I start riffing on the Spotify company. Uh, Sundaynotes dot email. Do I have this as a banner? Let's see. Let's test the. Uh, let's test this awesome <laughs> thing here. Sundaynotes dot email. It's a quick way. Yes, email dot email is a a thing you can type into your browser. Sundaynotes dot email. Uh, get my email newsletter every Sunday. Um, here's the thing. A lot of people ask me about starting a podcast. A lot of people want to just do it easily, quickly, effectively, free. So there's a platform out there called anchor.fm. It's an awesome app. It was free. It was free for years, a couple of years anyway. Um, I host a small podcast, another podcast that I do on it with a friend of mine. But for years we were saying, how is this going to stay free? Like there's a lot of awesome tools here. Something is a something is awry, and just like Facebook, you know, you kind of wonder how are they going to monetize. Well, you end up being the product, right, of these free platforms, and Spotify scooped them up uh, about six months to a year ago, I want to say. And recently, Spotify announced that any podcast that you listen to through the Spotify platform they are going to start to slowly introduce their own AI-driven advertisement spots. Oh. Okay? So people are like, hey, no big deal. Who cares, right? Hey, I don't care. I listen to Spo I listen to podcasts on Spotify. I don't, but if you are a person who listens to Spotify, you might start hearing ads generated by Spotify on your favorite podcasts. Which, if you're a podcaster and you're running your podcast through Anchor, well, soon enough, your podcast might be monetized for the benefit of Spotify only. And yeah. this, ladies and gentlemen, is the problem with using these big platforms. Yeah. I have nothing else for you to say for that, really. I just wanted to stand on my soapbox and talk about these big platforms. Well, I, I can chime in and just say that's another big plus one for blogging. Um, you build it on your own, you know, WordPress site and you own the platform. Um, ain't nobody going to mess with that content. <laughs> That's your content, you know, right. everyone else is going to mess with you at some point. So, right. you know, you got to have your own content that lives somewhere that you own. Right. Um, That's super important. <laughs> yeah. 
for sure. Let's talk about another topic we were going to chat about today as we're in the back half of the show. Um, email automation. And automation is a big, uh, you know, beast of a topic, especially in the marketing world. Um, there's automation that can happen when somebody visits your website. You can, uh, you know, we've all seen this, you know, you you go to Amazon, you look for a pair of shoes. And next thing you know, shoe ads are following you everywhere, right? You're driving down the highway even, and you're like, is that a shoe on a billboard? How the hell did that get up there? <laughs> this is like, this is the future, right? Automation is happening all around us, whether we know it or not. Uh, but the most, the most uh, simplistic form of marketing automation is through email. And that's something that you want to start getting into. Give us the, the rundown on like what you're trying to do with email uh, automation. Yeah. Um, so we, and we have some very basic email automations in place right now. So we have one where you sign up for the newsletter and you get a welcome email. Um, we send an email out to folks after they attend an event with us. And we have like an onboarding automation where you become a member, you get a series of emails. Um, so those are pretty basic ones. Um, but for the most part, we've been really handling our lead follow-up after someone comes in for a tour manually. Um, and there are a couple of good reasons for that. Um, one is that we handle a very small volume of leads compared to like an online software company. So, um, you know, it's a personal touch and I've liked doing that and kind of developing that relationship with people. Um, but the downside is like, you know, there's a lost opportunity and, you know, feeding that person with some content in maybe three months, six months, you know, down the line when they didn't decide to join a co-working space. But, you know, maybe in six months or so, it's going to be a good time for them. Um, so that's really where I, I decided that, you know, it's time for us to kind of, and we have this library of content, thanks to the fact that we've been blogging over the years. So, you know, once you have that library, you really want to use it. Um, so that's really where I'm at, where it's sort of, we're still, there will still be a lot of personal follow-up after somebody comes in for a tour, um, but I want to mesh that together with some automated follow-up that's really feeding them with interesting and helpful content about co-working, about being a freelancer, about being a remote worker, whatever it is, and um, just to keep them in the loop. Now, your your platform of choice for this now is HubSpot, is that mm -hmm. correct? Uh, yes. when did you, how long ago did you switch over to HubSpot? Uh, we've been using the free HubSpot CRM for about a year and, um, I sort of begrudgingly <laughs> just up upgraded to the, it's like the lowest paid level that you could do at HubSpot, which is like the sales hub starter. I think it's like, it's going to cost me a hundred bucks a month, um, for two people to use it. Um, and yeah, I mean, the reason being for the most part that all of our information is already in there. And um, I just don't have time to research CRMs right now. So ah, and that's, that <laughs> and that's, that's how they get you with that freemium model. But you were previously using MailChimp, right? And, and how did yep. you make that? Or why did you make that leap from MailChimp to, to HubSpot? Yes. We never really used MailChimp as a CRM. It's, it's more just the engine that we use for our monthly email newsletter, which I kind of, in my mind, that's like a very separate process than like a sales email automation. Um, so, and eventually there may be some effort to combine that into what we have going on at, at HubSpot. Um, but, you know, for, for the purpose of sending out newsletters, I think MailChimp works really well and it's free up to 2000 contacts, which is great. Um, I found their automation to be a little bit clunky. 
um, particularly in terms of like unenrolling somebody if they take an action or they sign up as a member. Um, so it wasn't really ideal for this specific type of automation where somebody comes in for a tour and then you kind of want to take them on like this learning and relationship building journey um, based on what kind of actions they're taking after. Right. And that's like the new, the new way of selling. And I know at, at my day job where I sell uh, web hosting, right. For, to, to larger businesses and, and bigger brands. Um, this sort of selling is look, everyone knows the price of everything. Everyone knows the competition. Um, it's not just a wheel and deal scenario where you just get the person in front of you and it's like, you want to book a desk today? <laughs> you know, I will give you 20% off this, you know, uh, this desk space or uh, 0% financing on this private cubicle. Uh, it doesn't exist. Um, people, people have plenty of options and it's not just about just landing the deal and, and how sales, you know, salesy you can get, but it's about, building that rapport, building the trust, and we're doing this with content. And the most basic way that this email automation would work is, you know, your potential lead comes in, they view the, they give a tour of the facility or you give a tour of the facility and you say, hey, what kind of, you know, what do you do for a job? Oh, I'm a freelancer. Well, that's cool. Like are you like a software freelancer? Yeah, software free, freelancer. And once you get them into the HubSpot system, you can send out a string of automated emails specifically to you know the freelance the software freelancer uh storyboard you know if you will so you might have a bunch of you know backlogged blog content on other members you've highlighted that are software developers uh maybe you've done an article about good web design or something like that you start slowly educating them you know with this automated automated follow-up is that sort of the sense that you're you're trying to achieve Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So ideally, we'd sort of have different sequences for different buckets, you know, so maybe one for an executive director of a nonprofit that comes in, one for somebody who works remotely, um, maybe one for a, a consultant slash freelancer. And each one will kind of drip out content that's useful to those people. So it's sort of building that relationship. And I'm sure it gets even more powerful. Um... I don't use HubSpot specifically, but I, I know there's a lot of CRMs that have a lot of similar features, especially in the automation category, that you know you can start to do things like tag certain links within an email or a yeah. blog post so that when they click this, you know, your automation can then trigger off and say, hey, I saw that you read our latest newsletter or whatever. Yeah. Um, still thinking about joining? <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, you know, and then it's sort of just playing that those different segments and those different funnels. Um, so it can get pretty powerful. And I'm sure what you're looking at now is like, oh my God, how do I set this plan in motion? Totally. It's it's a little overwhelming. And like I think I was chatting with you in the in the South Coast content creators Facebook group. Awesome group. Plug there. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I could just do like a two-week thing, right? And then like, you know, shoot them over to our email newsletter. And you were like, no, you, you need to do like a year. And I was like, Matt, you're telling me I have to sit down and map out like a year of emails to these people? <laughs> <laughs> so overwhelmed right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is, it is a little overwhelming and I'm trying to just sort of start small and, you know, build them out. So it's probably just going to be one sequence, you yeah. know, at first, everyone yeah. that comes in for it. 
And then, you know, and then we can start to add like, oh, here's a sequence for, for this specific target. Here's one for this specific target. So um, I anticipate it's going to be a learning process, certainly not going to like have all these sequences just ready to go um, by Friday that are going to sell, sell a bunch of memberships. So, right. Right. Uh, well, Ro- Rome wasn't built in a day, right? Uh, it was a couple days. And yeah. I think that, uh, I think if you start somewhere that's better than obviously better than nothing. And, and this is, you know, here, here's the thing. It's like when small businesses don't invest or any brand it doesn't have to be a small business. It could be, a, I've seen p- plenty of multi-million dollar businesses not investing in like marketing or content. And, and this is what happens. Uh, all of a sudden they're like, Hey, let's try some new marketing thing. Let's try this automation thing. Everyone's doing it. Uh, supposedly it lands more deals. It sets things on autopilot. So of course we want to do it. And then they invest in, let's say HubSpot, even at the bigger businesses who, who invest thousands of dollars in HubSpot a month, sit down and they're like, we've, well, we've got no archive of content that we can drip out to these people. We've never, <laughs> we never invested in content to begin with. So now what do we do? It's like, wow, now I'm locked into this thousand dollar a month thing at HubSpot and I have to start from scratch. So that's why even if you can blog once a month, twice a year, <laughs> you know, whatever you can do yeah. to build this backlog of content is going to be repurposed to educate your potential customer build that rapport, build that trust. So when everyone's like, well, how, how often should I, and they look at me like, how often should I blog every day? <laughs> you know, if you can, if you can't figure out what is acceptable, because this stuff is going to be so important in the future. Yeah. And I think another thing that I, I failed to mention in terms of why I'm, I'm really looking at and starting to invest in automations right now is that I'm trying become unchained to this process in my business and I think a lot of small business owners like I'm in the trenches and like you know every week I'm, I'm following up with my community manager like hey what happened to Joe that came in last week and like you know what did he say and did he respond and when did you follow up and you know at some point when you're trying to grow your business be able to step back from that and like have a system set up where you can just trust that the system is going to do its work and you're not going to have people falling through the cracks. So um, really, you know, writing your content library, these Mm -hmm. are questions that you're going to answer over and over again as a business owner. And it's really nice to just have your content answer those questions for so you can start doing something else. Yeah. Um, You know, when you ask me, well, how long do I have to, you know, email these people, the salesperson in me, is until they say no, right? Because effectively, if if the person isn't saying no to you, then you have to consider them a potential lead. That doesn't mean you're knocking on the door every single day. Um, but to continue to stay top of mind is uh, very important because I'd, I'd imagine that people, customers in your, fee, uh, uh, potential customers in your market, you know, for the most part, maybe a majority of them are on edge. They're like, ah, I work from home. It's free. I can go to a coffee shop. It's free except for the coffee, unless I'm a cheap son of a gun and I just buy water when I, you know, I just get water when I go in. Um, you know, some people are having to invest, you know, the hundred bucks or, you know, if they're full-time or over hundred bucks to be a full-time member or whatever, they, you know, they need to be nudged a little bit. It's not 
not somebody who's going to say yes right off the bat, right? They want to weigh their options. So until they say no, then, you know, you're emailing them at infinite, at infinite, uh, in, you know, in my opinion, um, I've, I've talked to people who only do outbound email sales and their sequences would scare the hell out of you because it's, it's literally, it's, it's literally like, it's every day for the first like two weeks. Like I've seen that, right. It's every day for the first two weeks, reminder, reminder, reminder. Um, you know, and then it goes to, you know, every, every second week or something like that. And it's book a call. Do you want to talk to somebody? I've seen it. And depending on the volume of your business, it works if there's enough potential customers. Uh, I don't think it would work in your case though. Cause you just piss off a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> don't want we don't want to piss people off. Right. <laughs> um yeah, so marketing automation, it sounds fun. It's a huge topic more than just yeah, email that, you know, we could get into in the future. Uh Mailchimp doesn't do it with their free plan. I don't think you can set up uh you can set up like think one automation, uh but you can't set up multiples. Uh, and certainly HubSpot is sort of known for the not, I don't want to say complexity, but the uh, you know the the, the in depthness, uh, the the detailed uh, automation stuff that you can set up, which is really powerful. Yeah, they they do it well. And one thing I will say for them is that you know, of course, I've been on the receiving ends of their <laughs> email automations for probably about a year now. I got the free CRM, so you know, I'm like, damn, they got me. <laughs> yeah, got and me. look how and look how look how long it took, right? Right. You know, right. look how long it took. Yeah. It took probably over a year. I mean, you've known about HubSpot for years. Right. You know, and then you probably got interested a year ago and it, it really took you to that point. So, yeah, I mean, well, start working on your 52 week campaign. Oh <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time today. You do have a content specific event coming up. Yes. In a few months. Um, yes. What's it called? Where can people find it? It is called Content Camp, and this will be our second annual event. It's happening April 4th and 5th. Uh, we just set the dates in the calendar. We really haven't started promoting at all, but I would say get on the Groundwork newsletter to get information about it. You can just go to newbedfordcoworking.com, and there's a subscription right down at the bottom of the webpage in the footer. Um, it's a great event. It's a two-day event. Um, last year was the first year we did it, so we had a single track of speakers and workshops. Everyone kind of went to the same workshops, and we got a lot of great, great feedback that people kind of want to dive in and get more specific and get really tactical with um, specific social media channels, with blogging, with SEO. Um, so this year we are aiming to make it bigger, options for what you can learn speakers, um, it should really be a lot of fun. It's, a, it's just a fun, high energy, um, friendly event. So definitely recommend it. I agree. Matt was a speaker last year. <laughs> <laughs> Matt might be a speaker again this year. It was a great event. I enjoyed it. Uh, again, it's great for learning, uh, networking, and, and just helping people, right? The, to, the trifecta there is, uh, is, is phenomenal. And look, if you do sign up, or I mean, if you go to the website and you don't sign up, you're going to get an email from Sarah for a year. 
That's only if you come in for a tour, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just... <laughs> uh, but I will say quickly also that we are looking for speakers as we're looking to add a lot of speakers. And um, a lot of people really said that they wanted to hear from local business owners who were actually employing successful strategies that worked. So um, I'm just going to throw that out there. You don't have to be a content expert. But if you've just been doing something on Instagram that works really well for you, um, share that in a workshop as a, as a tactic that people can use. Um, we'd, we'd really love to have more of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you could certainly turn that into like one of those lightning talks or those roundtable talks where everybody can kind of just chime in with their own specific uh, success story. Yeah, exactly. All right. Everybody else, southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Join that mailing list. Join the Sunday notes. Uh, listen to the podcast. I don't have a, a perfect publishing calendar yet for the podcast, but uh, hopefully we can start to pin that down going into 2020. But listen to your favorite local entrepreneurs on southcoast.fm, the We Are Here podcast. Join the Facebook group. Search for South Coast Content Creators. You can uh, you have to apply to join, and I am the master key holder to who gets in, and I am trying to keep it just four people on the South coast, you know, here's, here's a story. So I had a few people, you know, eh, sort of on the outskirts of the South coast. And I was like, well, all right, fine. You could join. And then I let them in. And then suddenly they were like, here's the tickets to my next event. You know, yeah. here's the product. And so I was like, no, no, can we get a reset here? People, I don't want this to just be another Facebook group where you just drop in your uh, you know, your self-promoting links and then never contribute. Uh, it's definitely a place that I am uh, trying to keep focused on accountability, uh, community, and uh, some fun networking. So I think every Monday we start off the week asking like, what are you working on this week? Let us know. Like, what is it that you're working on? You're working on a blog post, business campaign, whatever. And then by Wednesday, we ask, how are you doing? How are things moving with whatever that goal is you set on Monday, whatever product you work project you're working on, and we ask for help. It's accountability Wednesdays, and then Friday is share your content. So if you spend some time building out a blog post, doing an Instagram campaign, share it. Let us know what you're working on, uh, or let us know what that that new piece of content is, uh, so that we can all uh, enjoy that. So that's what it's all about. You can find it there. You can find us southcoast.fm. All right. That's the show. We'll see you in the next video.